This is the Mark Dolan Way. Top tips for mind, body and soul, some great life hacks and my favourite products of the week. This show is available on all podcast platforms or you can watch it. Just subscribe to the Mark Dolan Way on YouTube and join the Facebook group. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the show. I hope you are very well. Now listen, I want to apologise because the show normally drops on a Sunday or a Monday and that did not happen this week, which is very naughty. I won't make excuses because as you know, this podcast is not about making excuses. You have to take responsibility and you just say, you know what? I did not deliver a podcast on time. You did not get your show, and that is a disgrace. So a couple of things to say. First of all, I shall learn from that. My big challenge is to stockpile a few so that I'm ahead. And when there's a busy week, then I can skip it. And you've still got episodes in the pipeline. So I was low on stock. And yes, I have been on air 10 days in a row. But um, it was still a failure of planning, which takes me to my first theme of today's show and that is say sorry so I'm going to say to you I'm sorry I am sorry that you did not get the show when you quite rightly expected it to drop Sunday Monday at the latest normally it's a Sunday occasionally a Monday a little bit of wiggle room but this thing is dropping days later I mean, I speak on a Tuesday. It may not drop till tomorrow, which is a Wednesday. That's an aching gap. And uh, yeah, so a very busy week. But what I'm going to do, remember the golden rule, every mistake once. So I'm, I think this is the first time you've not had a show more or less on time. And I will build systems so that that doesn't happen again. And then it becomes a positive thing, it becomes a learning process. So Yes, I will do that. I think the big thing is, and you can all do this, which is looking in your diary and just seeing what lies ahead. I mean, what does a sailor have? What does a captain of a ship have when he's plotting his course or hers, she? Binoculars. And he or she, they get their binoculars out and they look around. And when you think of Captain Birdseye, who's the elderly bearded man who spends an inordinate amount of time with young children feeding them breaded fish snacks but it's not controversial there's nothing creepy about it he's a great guy and he just wants to make sure that teenagers get enough protein that's all he cares about and he loves his seafood he's passionate about it he's the captain bird's eye he's he's one of the good guys and captain bird's eye goes on holiday with large groups of young children on his boat with his breaded fish snacks and he's got his sailor's uniform because he's one of the good guys he's also got the sailor's hat and he's got his binoculars and he looks out to sea and he's looking for icebergs he's looking for sharks he's looking for land looking for pirates other boats right so you need to get your binoculars out and when you're planning your life have a look at the diary and look ahead and see what's coming. Now, what I should have done is I should have seen in my diary that there were a lot of shows that were going to be on air for a long time and there wouldn't be time to do this podcast, but I did not use the binoculars. 
So whatever you're doing in your life, have those metaphorical binoculars out. It works for finances, doesn't it? You're doing your budgeting. And when you get to October, November, you've got to be thinking about Christmas and you've got to be, you know, the binoculars are out. And you're like, this is going to be an expensive month, six weeks. And you anticipate that and you cater for it. So look ahead. Look ahead and make sure that you've got those binoculars. The golden rule of the show is that you live in the moment in daytight compartments. You've got to sort out now. You've got to sort out today because you can't control yesterday and you have no input on tomorrow. That's true. But you can still anticipate things. You can war game. You can do a bit of planning. So uh, that's what I'll be doing with regards to this. And then the other thing. So I just mentioned that I said sorry to you. And it's amazing how many people struggle to say sorry. In politics, for example, a politician makes a mistake. They don't say sorry. They don't answer the question. They wriggle around. They say everything except the word sorry. And that is a weak politician. And a strong politician can step forward and say, I'm sorry. If you say sorry... It's the sign of self-possession. It's a sign of confidence. Okay, you are in command of your own life and your actions and your behaviour. It's a bit like taking responsibility. If someone says, I'm sorry, they are taking responsibility. So don't be hesitant to say it. What I don't want you to do is be too nice and say sorry when you don't have to. And too many apologies become inflationary and lose their value. So you might be in a relationship which is a little abusive or it's negative or perhaps you've got a horrible boss or colleague and you'll start saying sorry even when you haven't done anything bad just to keep them happy, just to pl placate them. Well, that's not right. I don't want you doing that. What I want you to do is I want you to reserve those sorries for when you've genuinely messed up. It's your bad and you attend to address the issue and not repeat it. Because if something bad happens and you say sorry, you are acknowledging to the other person that you made a mistake. You're telling them that you understand why they're not happy. You're showing empathy because you say sorry because you've caused discomfort or pain. So you're going to make them feel better. You are temporarily making yourself smaller and subservient to them because you're in the doghouse. You did that bad thing. You were incredibly late for work or forgot to submit the company report. So you've let them down, which in a way is a bit of a flex by you. When you do something, let's say you're late, that's a flex. You know, you're demonstrating power over the person who sat there waiting for you. So when you get there late, you say sorry, you make yourself small again. You're giving the power back to them. And that's very healing for them. If you say sorry, it tells them that you've acknowledged the mistake and that you're going to learn from it. It's humble. It's a moment of humility. Generally, I want you to be very confident. I don't want you to apologise for yourself. I want you to be strong and out there and value yourself very highly. But if you've messed up, you can shrink a little bit and go, Steve, I'm really sorry. I was at a radio station a couple of years ago and I'm a very chaotic messy person and I tend to just leave my stuff around the place at home and at work so I was working for this radio station 
which was on the same floor as three other radio stations. It was quite cool. It was a real hub, a real media hub. So I'm at my, my radio station and there's a radio station on the same floor, which is a music station. I'm on a current affairs station and this is a music station. And it's kind of convenient. One of the entrances, you can come in via the door, which is where the music radio station is in order to get to my current affairs radio station. So I used to kind of storm through there quite regularly. Um, and on one occasion, I got in to the building, got onto the floor, went in through this door, and I just chucked my massive bag on this cabinet at the music radio station. So I just threw out this big old rucksack full of stuff. It looked like I was going camping for three weeks. And I just, this massive bag just went on top of the cabinet, on top of the whatever it was, just some piece of furniture. Threw it there, and then the kitchen is in the same place. Made myself a cup of tea, and then wandered in to my office. And I went back like about an hour later, uh, having remembered that my bag was over there. And the boss of this music radio station was was really put out. He was he was really unhappy. And he said, "Can you not put your stuff here? Yeah, you don't work here. And can you not put your bag?" here and I just I suddenly thought it through and it's like I've wandered into someone else's office it's a different company it's a different radio brand I've put my massive ugly bag in their office that they've got to look at that is possibly blocking their view of the office big old ugly rucksack sat on top of a chest of drawers or whatever it is cabinet thing it was ignorance now I didn't mean to be I didn't mean by that you know my nature is like I said I'm a bit chaotic and I just I can sometimes do things without even thinking about it. You know, I've just come in, I've probably, you know, whatever, I'm stressed, I'm thinking about the show, and I just want to get this bag, put this bag down somewhere. So I just threw it there. But what I've actually done is I've disrespected this guy who's the boss, and I've disrespected his colleagues by just dumping my stuff there. You know, would I do that in another place, another environment? With some superstar broadcaster, would I shove my rucksack on his desk? A powerful person in the industry? No, I wouldn't. Probably wouldn't. So I didn't think. I felt instantly really bad. And I immediately realised that it was very careless and very unthinking what I did. And as fast as you can say Jiminy Cricket, I mean, like a nanosecond a quarter of a nanosecond, a nano of a nanosecond. I said, I'm so, so sorry. I will never do that again. And it was really disrespectful. I'm so sorry. And the guy's like, no, no worries. No worries, man. And that was it. And then from that day on, I had a great relationship with this boss of the music radio station because I've gone from being the biggest idiot that he can't stand to a respected and liked colleague slash sharing the same office but it was so quick my apology and I threw in that line about I said I'm really sorry I won't do that again and it was really disrespectful I threw in the x-ray you know I, I acknowledged the things that he was doubtless thinking I mean those are the things aren't they which is I don't want you to do that again I want you to say sorry and I want you to acknowledge what you've done which is it was disrespectful and I was very pleased with I'm mean, just thought very quickly on my feet was instinctively those were the three things to say 
And he was like, immediately his face changed. And it was like, I was completely forgiven. It was over. It was gone. And a bit like, you know, when you break your bone and then they put it back together and then it's stronger than it was before it broke. That's how my relationship was with this guy. Because in a way, I've shown him, I've revealed a different side to myself. I've shown him a humble side and a side that is capable of self-reflection. And it was, you know, all was forgiven and didn't have a single problem with that guy ever again. And if I saw him now on the street, we'd have a nice chat and I'd go, hey, how are you? I might even say, do you remember that time I just chucked my rucksack in your office without asking and just wandered off for an hour? My enormous rucksack full of life possessions. So the thing with the apology is sincere. That's <laughs> let's not have the sorry, but not sorry, which is a regular recurrence on social media now, isn't it? Sorry, but not sorry. Sometimes politicians say, I'd like to apologise if anyone was offended by my remarks. So that's not really a full sorry, is it? You say, I'm sorry if you were offended. That's like putting it back on them. That's passive aggressive. No, no, no. Just I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. Um, sometimes, like I say, you've got to get it right. I don't want you apologising for everything. Please don't go from one extreme to the other. And at the moment, we have something very problematic in the modern world, which is cancel culture, where if you say like just the wrong thing, the wrong word that's going to offend someone, you'll often see pop stars and famous actors. They'll do some groveling apology on Twitter for using the wrong word for this person or that person. Some They've accidentally been a tiny bit one percent politically incorrect and they're so terrified of losing their career there's like a long apology don't do those i don't do those i mean that's the other thing by the way if someone's not happy but you stand by what you did then don't apologize so in other words i had a bit of you know what i just had a um a slight falling out with a friend a couple of weeks ago and I just said a couple of harsh things and I could see that it hurt him. And it was awkward for a while and then we were fine. But I did not apologise because I stand by what I said to him because there were a couple of issues and I felt that how he was behaving wasn't right. And I I laid it, laid it out pretty directly. Not harsh, not horrible, but I just said some strong things, some harsh truths, if you like. Dropped a few truth bombs. And, you know, there was awkwardness. That person wasn't happy. He didn't like it. He didn't like it, guys. He didn't like it. Not one bit. He did not like it. No likey. He didn't like it. He did not like it. He was not loving it. I'm loving it. He wasn't. He was unloving it. But was it true what I said? Yes. Did it need to be said? Yes. So I didn't apologise. So don't be apologising for things that you should have done. It's your job to decide, does this merit an apology? And you must be very strict about whether it does, because too many and you make yourself too small and they lose their meaning. But the occasional sorry goes a long, long way. It's massive. It's the most healing word in the English language. What a lyric by Bernie Taupin. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Sorry seems to be the hardest word.
What a lyric. <laughs> Blood. Bloody hell, that's why he gets paid the big bucks. What a lyric. Imagine if that's your day's work. I came up with the sentence, sorry seems to be the hardest word. Bloody hell. Give that man a pay rise. <laughs> oh, kind of hurt, <clears throat> hurt my lungs doing that laugh. <coughs> it was physically painful. So there you go. There's your sorries. I think I've covered sorry. Oh, yes. The only other thing to say, and I think kind of ties in with my anecdote about this radio station, which is that it should be swift. All right. So if you, I mean, yes, a late apology is fine, but the quicker, the better. And the reason why is a quick apology. First of all, the person that's angry with you is angry for a shorter period of time. So let's say you've done something bad and you completely forgot to send the company report, right? He said, I'll send a report, don't worry. And then you forgot and you missed the post. Um, if they are going, if, if you don't apologize for two days, they're going to hate you for two days and build up all these angry thoughts about you for 48 hours. But if they find out and you apologize straight away, well, then they've been furious with you for like 20 minutes. That's not very corrosive. You can heal a relationship where someone was furious with you for 20 minutes or an hour or two hours or half a day. When politicians eventually apologize after a week, it looks like they had to apologize. And you question their motives as like, oh, they've been forced to apologize to keep their job. But if it's swift, it looks like you didn't, you weren't really being strategic about it. You weren't being careerist. You just got in there very quickly. So swift apology is an excellent thing. But don't apologize if you haven't done something wrong. It's very British that if you're on the train, crowded train, someone steps on your foot, you apologize. That's very British. Don't be like that. Uh, right. Now, a couple of bits and pieces. Um, oh, yeah. We do need, don't we, more products of the week because the feedback I get is that you like products of the week. And I just told you the other day that I'm sort of running out of products because I try not to buy too much stuff. You can't just keep buying stuff, can you? I was in a fashion shop end of last year. I didn't need to be in there, guys. I was just wandering around on a Tuesday in a shop looking at clothes I don't need. And I thought, whatever the question this place is not the answer. Whatever hole you've got in you, it will not be filled by this retail outlet. I'm, I'm just in there. I, in a way, I'm using shopping as a stimulant, almost like a drug. You go in and you're just wandering around and you just want to feel good. That's not the same as, imagine your only pair of jeans gets ripped, right? And they fall apart. It's like you don't own jeans anymore because the jeans you have have been ripped and you can't wear them anymore. They actually fall off when you put them on. Or then you go to a shop, you need jeans, right? That's not using shopping as a therapy or as a drug. You just need jeans. Um, but I do go into clothes shops. But then don't forget my superpower, which you can have as well, is I'm very good at window shopping. We've talked about this in a previous show. I'm very good at going into a shop, 
looking at these clothes, imagining that I would own them and then leaving the shop having not bought them. Very good. But anyway, uh, what was the point? I was in this shop. Oh my God, do not forget this because it was really good. Dolan, do not forget the story. Um, brain is slightly fried today. Apologies in advance. Um, God, it was so... Product of the week. Yeah, that was it. So basically I... I um, I was in the shop and like, I don't need anything and I didn't get anything. So I do try to resist. Um, but at the same time, I do feel like this show benefits from a product of the week. So maybe what I should start doing is purchase something, test it, evaluate it, tell you about it and then send it back. Is that a solution? That would work, wouldn't it? Anyway, Let's see. I'll, I'll try to make a plan for products of the week. I could also probably give you information about products without buying them. I could just research products and just tell you about them. That wouldn't be bad, would it? Well, this is my products of the week. And I'm delighted to say I got it today. And it's from a charity shop. Well, the Americans would call it a thrift store where people give away stuff that they don't want. And any profit goes to charity. And I'm so excited about this because for the first time in many years, I am the owner of a Filofax. You must be aware of that brand. F-I-L-O-F-A-X. Filofax, which was a big phenomenon in the 80s. And it's considered a bit middle class, a little bourgeois, perhaps. And in the 80s, people used to mock owners of the Filofax and they'd say, oh, Stephanie owns a Filofar, a Filofar. So it'd be F-A-X would be silent. So they were massive in the 80s. And what people used to do, a Filofax, if you don't know it, it's, it's like a luxury notebook. It has a ring binder inside so that you can take out individual pages and you can have like your address book, you can have lined paper, you've got grids. If you're doing your accounts, uh, you can have all different coloured paper. You can have dividers. It's basically a tiny miniature ring binder, the Filofax. And I can't remember what the movie was. It was a movie starring John Cusack in which the female character owns a Filofax and she's got her whole life in there. She's got her credit cards and she's got her diary and she's got her work stuff. And the whole world is in the Filofax and she loses it and she's absolutely freaked out because everything was in this Filofax. So that's very much of its era, the Filofax, the 80s. Um, the yuppie, do you remember yuppie? That was a young, upwardly mobile person, wasn't it? A yuppie. And it was a status symbol. And it was very much pre-digital. And of course, now you've got your smartphone, you've got your iPad. Everything's virtual. You don't need to store credit cards because you've got that on your phone with Apple Pay, Google Pay. You certainly don't need names and addresses. All of that's in your phone. It's so old fashioned, though, because it's got this little um, entries here for uh, the address. And it says name, address, phone number and then fax. It invites you to write down your friend's fax number. Remember the fax machines? I love the fax machines. They were brilliant. Do you know what? I, I still prefer the fax. A more reliable way of sending things. What was good about a fax is that you knew it had been sent because you'd send it and then 
you'd get a little receipt and it would say okay or sent. And in fact, only a few years ago when I moved house, the mortgage company wouldn't accept an email, but they would accept a fax. So I remember going to a shop, like a news agent that had a fax machine. I'm like, do you still have a fax machine? And he had, had to, he had to like blow the dust off it. And then we, we sent this thing over by fax, but it was very good. It was kind of legally binding the fax because you could demonstrate, you could prove that it had been sent. So, you, you know, you could demonstrate the person had received the item. That'd be a good product of the week, wouldn't it? Fax machine, but I'm afraid I do think they're somewhat outdated now. But anyway, there you go. So you've got the file effects. And I this was in the charity shop and it was love at first sight. And the reason why this one is wallet size, it's it's smaller. And that's fine because, you know, unlike in the old days before smartphones, you would have to have a lot of information in it, like your entire address book and all that. Well, I don't need any of that. All I need is paper for notes. And you know that a big theme of this show is that you should write things down. If you've got goals, write them down. If you've got things to do, write them down. If you've got memories or creative ideas, write them down. And organise yourself some lovely coloured pens to do that. I was in Germany. Ah, I think I told you. Did I tell you about this? I got these lovely pens. £1.50 for 14 Oh my God, I love cheap stuff so I can make notes, different color for a different function, you know, so maybe financial stuff is in black or red, more appropriately. Creative stuff in pink, knock yourself out. Anyway, so I'm really happy with this file of facts. Second hand, it was 10 pounds, which is not an insignificant amount of money, but this is a file of facts. This is an official branded file of facts and it is leather. It says here, Slimline Sandhurst, calf leather made in Italy. How gorgeous is that? And it actually, it's small enough and slim enough to fit in the back pocket of my jeans. So today's product of the week is Filofax. And the reason why I'm telling you that, I know that I've just got one in a charity shop for a tenner, but why don't you, if your budget allows, why don't you treat yourself to a new Filofax? How much are they? Should we have a look? I just think that would be nice for you. Um, it is January, isn't it? So we're still in, we're still in that sort of window of New Year's resolutions and everything. And therefore, Filofax, let's have a quick look. Filofax UK. I always, when you search something up, it's always good to look in your home country. Um... I'm being very slow. I should really speed things up, shouldn't I? Apologies, everyone. File of facts. Come on, guys, get with the program. Some of these websites, oh, they're so complicated, aren't they? Um, how much is a file? This is not a clear website. So let's go to John Lewis. You can't mess around with John Lewis. I've just looked up um, Google Filofax and it says, does anyone still use Filofax? Well, hopefully you. Um, okay, you've got the paper there. But where are the actual Filofaxes? Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, blimey, that's expensive. 149, I wouldn't recommend that. That's too much. 81, still too much. Bloody hell. 
Oh, there's a small one, 40. 109, blimey. I don't want to cost you this much money, guys. Why are they so expensive? I should have researched this. Oh, no, there you go. There's an A5 one, 55. There's another one, 40. All right, well, look, they do come in different prices and sizes and all the rest of it. Um, do your research. I mean, I suppose if I look up eBay, maybe they do secondhand ones on eBay. Should we have a look? Because the thing is, something like a secondhand Filofax would be quite nice because leather improves when it gets older. Filofax. I mean, look, if it is 80 quid, that's a lot of money, right? That would be leather, though. Think of it as a beautiful item that you're going to use forever because the point is that you the paper you know when you're done with your notes you just tear it out put new paper in um okay let's see if i can find a firefax the problem is it's sometimes hard to judge how much i've seen one there for 60 14.99 there you go thank you very much 1350 there's values to be the value to be had there go go to buy it should we have a look for um all right look i think buy now it's a quick look at the buy it now price well look the bottom line is that these filofaxes come at different prices by the way it doesn't have to be a filofax um it can be any sort of small organizer there are kind of non filofax branded versions i mean honestly it's hilarious it's 2024 i can't believe that i'm talking to you about filofaxes but isn't that the way that fashion works and that trends work which is stuff goes away and you think that's it and then it sort of comes back and even though i have a smartphone a laptop and a tablet or sort of access to a tablet I share a tablet um i still like the hard copy i still like the physical pleasure so there you go why don't you do that product of the week a personal organizer go 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 and by the way once you've got your file of facts an excellent money saving tip which is that you can buy a hole puncher and that means that you can then create your own paper because the way they make their money is through the paper it's the same with printers the printer companies make their money from the cartridges not the printer so they sell you a printer for 50 pounds and then the cartridges are 30 quid a pop um, so the paper for these filofaxes is quite expensive but you can make your own <clears throat> so yeah you can get that ring binder or you can buy non-branded a5 or a6 paper depending on the size of the device but there you go so that's a lovely thing um, before i go it's a bit of a rapid fire one today um, but I just wanted to say I've been listening to a bit of Dr. Phil lately, who's an excellent American, what is he, therapist, broadcaster, great guy, big mustachioed beast of a man, big old unit, um, very down to earth, uh, alcoholic father, I think he's had a hard, a hard, had a hard childhood and actually people that have been through difficult times are often the ones with the greatest wisdom there's a lot to learn from people that have been through hard times and survived. And he's one of those people. He's been there and got the T-shirt. And he says that one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they think they have time. And his point in, in a podcast I listened to recently, his excellent fill in the blanks podcast, which is the name of his podcast. 
um, is that uh, everyone thinks they've got time. You don't have time. Do it now because you do not have time and tomorrow never comes. Um, he's got this nice line where he says that if I look at a calendar, the word tomorrow is not in the calendar. There's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, but I don't see tomorrow. Very clever. So there you go. Um, whatever it is that you're wanting to do, whether it's a mundane task like emptying the dishwasher or a more significant thing like finding a partner or ending a relationship, starting one, um, career change, beginning a business, writing a book, starting a muffin company that does premium muffins, whatever it is you want to do, do it now because you don't have time. You think you have time, you don't. Um, he talked about the fact that you can own lots of things. You can own a car, but you can't own time. It's essentially, you lent it, you're borrowing it, and then it's gone. You can't stockpile it either. So do get cracking. <clears throat> and the other thing before we go is that you get this a lot in America where people say, I love you just so much. You know, they call their partner the beginning of the call. I love you at the end of the call. I love you. Friends say, I love you. I love you. I love you. It's a very American thing. Now, I love America, but I think that they say I love you too much. A bit like the sorry thing. If you say it too much, it loses its power. And here's the thing. Occasionally, you should say I love you. So whether that's your kids or your friends family members, your partner, you definitely should. And I think once every, I think once a week is nice. Yeah, I think once a week is good. Once every two weeks, if you're busy, <laughs> if you've got a lot on. Some people would like to do it every day and I've got no problem with that. But I think weekly is good. Weekly is about right. So, but here's what's more powerful than saying I love you is actions which demonstrate love so occasionally a gift or I make an effort around the house so that my partner doesn't have to do those things and that is my way of a sharing the duties but b um, it's an act of love isn't it especially if you go in and tidy that other person's stuff up it's not your stuff you tidy their stuff up it's an act of love a bunch of flowers um an amazingly cooked meal you know sometimes you can express your love just with the care and attention you put into a meal that you've cooked for someone but and it's the same at work as well you know i think love is a very underused commodity it shouldn't be limited to friends and family love is should be in every transaction really i mean i was on the phone to a call center earlier and i was very friendly to the guy on the call center i asked him what the weather was like in crew and if it was as cold as it is in london and at the end of the call i said listen thank you very much if i get asked for feedback i'll give you a glowing review in a way i'm acting with love to this person that i've never met before but i'm, I'm love bombing them I'm, you know, and it makes me feel good and hopefully it makes them feel good too. It's sincere. This person was helping me and I deployed love in that transaction. And you can do that with colleagues. You know, do you know the simplest example? You just say, uh, 
hey, um, Sanjay, can I make you a cup of tea? Would you like a cup of tea? I'm, I'm just going to the kitchen. Or uh, I'm just popping over to the supermarket. Do you need anything? That's a little act of love. And that's much better than saying, I like you, I love you, because it's an action. So you express your regard and affection and respect for people through your actions. So you will demonstrate that you respect someone, then you're going to be on time when you meet them and you're going to look your best and you're going to listen to them. And then when that happens, the person just thinks, wow, I really enjoyed that. And so-and-so feels very, uh, you know, I feel very uh, warm towards that person. So love is a powerful thing. The word is pretty potent, but the action is like the concentrate. Love actions are more powerful than love words. So you go and have a lovely week. It's been great to chat. I'm really sorry the podcast was late. And the next one will be on time. And so will all the others. Go and smash it. Do your love. Spend a week sharing love and doing loving actions and allowing love to be your commodity with strangers, friends and family. Go, go, go. Bye bye.